Here oh, we yeah. go again. Yeah. A little DJ in there. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly podcast. Yeah. We are your hosts, Nate and John. And no dang Brandon today. No, no B-Dog. We're going to explain it, though. Right. In a minute. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, for sure. Just give us a minute. We're going to get to why Brandon's not here today. But today, John, we are going to recap last Saturday night's UFC Fight Night Vegas 38, which was headlined by Johnny Walker versus Tiago Santos. Bit of a rough one, not going to lie. <sighs> We're then going to take a look ahead and we're going to preview this Saturday's night, Saturday night's UFC fight night headlined by Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. We also have a ton of big, big fight announcements this oh, week yeah. uh, that's going to be in our news. Plus, John is oh, actually yeah. going to quiz me yeah. today in a game. Hot seat, baby. And I'm excited for that. But first, John, before, ooh, ooh, before ooh. you say anything about the weather, right? I don't want to hear nothing about the weather. There's more pressing that matters. But first, I got something for you. I'm Congratulations to our boy right here. Yeah. Mr. John Wheeler. Sorry. There we go. Yeah. Officially, officially a blue belt. Feels good. Congrats, man. I appreciate it. Uh, How did that feel? Uh, <sighs> for people that don't know, maybe don't follow our Instagram, our very own John right here received his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blue belt yeah. this week. Was it Tuesday night? Yeah, yeah, Tuesday night. Yep. Tuesday key. How are you feeling, man? feel good. It's um, And obviously. sorry if I just blew everybody's eardrums out. Hey, no. <laughs> that came in kind of. It's fine. <laughs> that song you have to kind of go <laughs> yeah. crazy with. But no, it feels good, man. You know, um, our... Uh, we don't give away those type of right. promotions. Yep. Um, I know, especially on the highest level, when you talk about Klingerman and stuff, it's, yes. a, it's a very uh, exclusive club to be in. Yeah. I put in a lot of work, so it's it feels good. It, I know it's not like a – I don't feel it as like a, oh, well, now I'm I'm done with getting better at jujitsu, sure. which I know happens to some people, but it just feels really good to, you know, er, you know earn something that can't be taken away from earn you. It. Yeah, you, and, you earn it. And really, now I just got to figure out if I want to wear it around the house. Do I want to, you know, wear it to Kroger? Maybe around your head. Maybe. Bandana style. Either yeah. way. And, and if you don't follow our uh, Instagram, at Neon Belly Podcast, go check it out. You can watch. Uh, we posted the video of him getting it. He had no idea. No. Zero idea. So it was a, a complete surprise to John. Um, yeah. And Jacob, uh, shout out to our, our ground sensei. Uh, Jacob Herlock, who gave you the blue belt. I mean, he even says it in the video is, um, and, and I, I mean, it's very true at Gaha, you, it's very hard to get a blue belt mm -hmm. and, and it's hard to get a belt there in general. You know, right. um, I know you said Klingerman, which is true, but even Jacob, you know, he holds right. everybody to, to a really high standard and it's not something that he just gives out, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe some other places do. So yeah, man, congrats. You, you've definitely, I know I, I mean, I've told you a million times since, but you've definitely earned it and it's uh, very much deserved. Shout out to Keegan as well. Mm -hmm, our other teammate sure. who got his blue belt that night as well. Another guy that um, completely deserves it. Um, but yeah, man, that was, uh, it was just really cool. I yeah. love, I love when people get promoted. Oh, it's yeah, just man. awesome. And you know, it's, it definitely was weird because at one point there was like a good like seven second point where I felt real emotional about it. Yeah. Because you know, like, you know how like some of them practices you just leave, you know, we talk about all the time. You're either the hammer or the nail Yeah, more times than not. You're the nail. Um, 
and it just felt you know kind of all kind of came in and then after mm-hmm. that it was just like all right now I, you know i finally got this that's when like the pride kind of yeah. set in outside of the other emotions yeah so. yeah that's that's so true because like when i got mine the night that i got mine i i totally didn't know it was coming and uh yeah it was like at first it was shock and then i remember as he was like wrapping the belt around it was like oh man i got a little emotional mm-hmm. like didn't show it but like kind of get that like throat oh, yeah. tightness a little bit because it's like then it sinks in of like man like like you said like you really earned it and then you start thinking mm-hmm. of like man i really put a lot into this well and, and then stuff. like the extra layer is you had jordan there my girlfriend yeah yeah he called and, her you know yeah. she's she sees me leaving and then sees how I come back. Sure. And she's never been, you know, like, oh, and she might joke like, oh, I don't want you to go. But it's always been like, hey, go push yourself. You know, yeah, for sure. It's something that you're really into. So, yeah, all that. And then obviously seeing all the guys that, you know, I train with all the time and have since I started and even like the new people. So yeah. it was really, really cool. Yeah, he's actually. <laughs> so it's funny because like for Jacob is he's been wanting to do it for like a couple of weeks, probably right. probably at least a month. Um, but he had to wait for your belt to come in. Um, and then obviously the belt was coming through Clingerman. So then he was having to go down to Indy mm-hmm. and then it was like, it's coming, it's not yeah. coming. I don't know where it's at, you know, and out of, out of Jacob and Clingerman's hands, it's just right. what it is with the world right now, you know, uh, but, uh, it's been a tough, like, I mean, obviously I've known the whole time. And so it's been a tough thing to, to kind of keep from you. And then I'm like, oh man, how are we going to, cause we've been going to no gi classes right. primarily. We haven't been, we've been doing gi like once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think we're going to start doing more right. here soon, especially now that you got a blue belt, you got to go wear that thing right. out a little bit. But, uh, so I was like, up. so I was like, what's the best way to get John you away, away from a no gi night. And it was saying like, Hey dude, <laughs> Jacob said Monday night's going to be a hard wrestling night. I, <laughs> yeah. And he, I was like, I told Jacob, I was like, I know exactly how to get yeah. John to go to a gi night and it's say the W word, just say wrestling. I was like, you didn't even have to say it was going to be a hard <laughs> wrestling. He said, ah, we might wrestle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind. I, it matched up perfect. Cause there was a competition this last weekend shout out to all our teammates that were, oh, yeah. went out there and did work as well on that so i was like i was like oh yeah bro you know what the competitions it's gonna mm-hmm. be some hard rest well and it's funny <laughs> even more perfect lining up it was me and my girlfriend's anniversary yeah yeah and i didn't even know that like i yeah. and obviously i didn't know the date or anything so then like yeah i didn't even know that till we got home and i'm like man that kind of mm-hmm. at least you'll always remember right it, I guess. and well in the circumstances of my jujitsu journey has always been kind of weird because I probably, if we don't have COVID, yeah, I probably been a lot closer at the beginning of the year, yeah, because we sure. missed out on Everybody some months. Lost kind of a year there, um, yeah. but yeah, no, and then obviously the circumstances of them waiting for the belt, which I'd had conversations with Jacob before, but mm-hmm. no, it was definitely because the way he set it up was good because like, oh, you know, we got competition, so we'll probably do it after. Like I thought he was gonna be like, oh, we'll do it after, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well then that's when it's coming, and then yeah. you kind of hit the curveball on yeah. me, so. Well, congrats, man. Super proud of you. But so let's get to why Brandon's not here. <clears throat> so we actually hit record to start this episode and I stopped it. Right. And I was like, should we even talk about this? And I think we're going to go ahead and talk about it because we weren't going to talk about it. And I think it's fair to Brandon because he right. actually has a good reason to not be here because <laughs> of this. So we recorded a Matt talk yesterday with big time, big time Matt talk yesterday with now UFC fighter Cameron Van Camp. And it was a good one. Don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Let me tell you guys. So this Cameron, he dropped some freaking nuggets on our right. head. Some really cool stuff. Stories. So midway through the episode, my big stupid foot hits the power cord. Although I don't, I don't know if that, cause when I'm telling you, man, when I went to go plug it back in, it was not loose. Right. 
So I don't know. I don't know if maybe I just jiggled it enough in that outlet. Maybe I don't know. But whatever happened, we lost power halfway through the interview. Satan showed up. Satan showed up, said not today. Um, and we lost power. So we get get the mixer fired back up, get the stream. We were recording it, actually recording it, it was, you know, video, you know, right. um, get everything pulled back up, fired back up, and we record the second half. We finished it out. Cool. We, we no, no big deal. We can go back and edit this, you know. Uh, so I get back home, upload the files, and the whole first half of the interview, file corrupted. <sighs> It was a rough night last yeah, night. I imagine you probably uh, didn't sleep very well. It, dude, just felt sick. I was, I was uh, messaging Zoom because we did the interview over Zoom. I was messaging them till like one o'clock this morning, and we were trying to figure out if we could somehow recover the video files, mm -hmm. which would then give us access to the audio files right. through Zoom. And there was just nothing they could Doesn't do. Doesn't even exist. Yeah, they said, yeah, I sent them like the ID and they were like, yeah, this it's not even popping up in our system. So something happened that just completely wiped everything. Um, so Brandon had planned on doing yesterday's episode instead of today's. Um, and obviously <laughs> now we're not going to get an episode this week, but. A Matt talk this week. A Matt talk this week, yes. But Cameron Van Camp is such a legend. Uh, just got done texting him, explained everything, and he is good to redo it. We're going to redo it uh, this coming Saturday, mm -hmm. um, and there's some reasons why it's kind of good for us to wait because he's got some stuff going on this week, and it'll give us something new to talk right. about that we didn't even get a chance to talk about in this last episode. Um, so super excited to re-record it, and I, sure. I cannot wait to get this out. And you guys, I mean, I'm telling you, there's some really cool little nuggets that he dropped in there, um, and I think everybody's really going to enjoy it. So oh, yeah. we're, we're kind of teasing it. So not this Wednesday like it was going to be, but next Wednesday, mm -hmm. Matt Talk, Cameron Van Camp. If anything happens to change that, <laughs> right. any circumstances, we'll let you guys know. But as of right now, that's the plan. Yeah. Uh, and once again, legend. Can't yeah. thank that dude enough for being no. understanding. And I mean, can you imagine like asking the same questions and then getting re-asked the exact same thing over? Yeah, and that's, he's, what, he's just willing to do that's it. the most difficult part, man, because, you know, we didn't know a lot of the stuff he told us, especially in that first half. Yeah. So like even our reactions were very genuine sure. and, you know, obviously we can still kind of try to build that up, but yeah. And I, but I think it's better to be honest too. And just For like, sure. Hey, this is what happened. Right. And, um, and, and, and like I said, and, and even kind of speaks more to him and giving him a little credit to be willing to do it. But I, when I was talking to Brandon today about it, I told him, I was like, I'm just going to tell him like, dude, we're just getting you ready for those UFC interviews where you're going to get asked the same right. question over and yeah. over. And make sure you guys show up, man. It's our first UFC fighter. It's yeah. a really big deal for us too. Yeah, so it's, it's awesome. It's we're, Super excited. Once again, shout out to our boy Jacob Herlock for putting us in contact with a good old Van Camp man. Oh, yeah. So get ready for that, guys. Next Wednesday. You ready to get into this thing? Yeah, we got, we got a got weird some, one. We got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, before we do, per usual, oh, yeah. please give this podcast a follow sub uh -huh. or subscribe, depending on whichever streaming service you are listening on. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please click those little five stars you Just see do down it. there. Write us a little review. It goes such a long way for us to um, continue to grow and get found naturally. Right. And even if you have like a bad review, just put five on it yeah. and tell us the bad stuff. Sure. You can, Don't be a double hater. Just be. Yeah. You can mm. tell me my armpits stink. Just right. click five stars. Yeah. That's all. Like, Brandon's a little weird. Whatever. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Why is, why is Brandon crying? We could have played this differently. 
like, oh, Brandon wants to say Silva's not the GOAT, not even close, and then not show up. It sounds like he's running. Well, that's how we're we, just better people. Yeah, we are. We gave him, yeah, that's true. We actually wanted to be nice. All right. Whatever. Uh, also, like we mentioned, Instagram, at Neon Belly Podcast. Like I said, go watch John get promoted. That video went crazy for some Bro, reason. We it went one hour viral. <laughs> this dude got, yeah. Like, I tell you, like, I'm not even joking. Like, we posted it as a reel with a couple hashtags. I think it's up to like 350 likes. Just my phone was just going bing, bing, oh, bing. Yeah. Or well, both of our, we all have access to the Instagram. So mm-hmm. all, we were just like texting each other like, what is happening Oh, right yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it, it went a little crazy. So yeah. if you guys want to go back and show us some more love. Go for it. I worked well, hard for it, so. Go, go, yeah, go leave a little comment. Show some love for the boy. Yes, sir. Well, John, this past Saturday, last night, UFC Fight Night, Vegas 38, Tiago Santos defeating Johnny Walker via unanimous decision. In the main event, a bit of a snoozer, man. Um, yeah. Kind of a tough one. Um, I don't really know where to begin with this one. I feel like Santos, through the maybe the first like round and a half, two rounds seemed like he, to me was just going, he was like, just not really super willing to engage, um, was being a little bit reserved in his attacks and not Mm. really wanting to let anything go, but, and was kind of content with just letting Walker really do nothing. I mean, Walker, the whole, literally all five rounds kind of just stayed on the outside using a ton of feints and would get some really, what you would think would be the reactions he would want out Mm -hmm. of Santos to then, uh, engage or come in with a strike and just, just once again, same thing, kind of refuse to engage in anything. And I feel like eventually, you know, Santos, I think kind of picked up on that and really started to open up, had some really good moments, landed some good strikes, man, is there a more equal, like when you think about guys that have like, or I just in general really enjoy when guys have like one strike that's like an equalizer and they can mm-hmm. hit it on anybody. Like one thing that they're like a black belt at, right. they can do it to anybody at the any H-bomb time. The H bomb, the H bomb, some dude, of these other big shots. Santos with those body kicks, dude. He, I mean, even in the Jones fight, like he used them, and I mean, it was a big difference in that fight, even. Mm-hmm. But like, man. And, like, even Walker, you know, he's such a big dude and, and stayed on the outside, and he was still finding a way. And you could tell they were really oh, having yeah. big, big problems on Johnny Walker. Um, uh, but, yeah, so what overall, just your thoughts on the fight and what was kind of a underwhelming. Yeah. Should have been a – I thought it was going to be a better fight, man. Maybe it was just my expectations. Well, here's what I think. First of all, Johnny Walker is huge. Massive. Could be a heavyweight. Good guy. Lord. This dude's 6'6". I don't know how he makes 205. Other than John – well – Actually, no, John Jones is a heavyweight now, technically, but technically, other than John Jones, I think he has the longest reach in the yeah. that division. Um, you know, I think this new camp, he does he did look a lot more kind of controlled and patient. Yeah. Unfortunately, his style leads to having, you know, taking chances mm-hmm. and outbursts. He outstruck Santos. Yeah. But it didn't seem like it because mm-hmm. the big shots were landed by Santos. Sure. Um and I think Tiago fought uh I've lost three in a row fight. You yeah. know, you got to kind of have a, I think, you know, you don't want to get knocked out by this knockout artist guy and Johnny Walker and have four in a row. Yeah. So he kind of did the veteran thing, you know, sure. kept the pressure up, never let Walker walk him backwards. And I yeah. think that was the biggest. Well, he did. I think he did in the first like two rounds. Right. Right. And then yeah. it's like he was because that's what I was like. I was like. It just seems like he was willing to accept that at first. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, man, is he just going to sit and just let this dude do this the whole time? Because, I mean, Walker was content with just staying on the outside, kind of outpointing him, just right. t- doing enough to touch him, basically. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, Walker, 
I don't I don't necessarily mind him being more calculated, but he has to find a way to mix in some yeah. aggression with that because it just didn't work. Well, but yeah, and you he know. normally does, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so so you said the switch of the camp. So for people that don't know, uh, Johnny Walker was with TriStar. I mean, he's been kind of a couple places, but mm-hmm. mainly was with TriStar um, with Faraz Hobby. Um, and because he found he has a, a new girlfriend, I think she's I don't think they're engaged or anything, but uh, she's Irish. So he moved out to Ireland, now trains at SBG with uh, John Cavanaugh, which is mm-hmm. Connor's gym. Um, and definitely saw a newer version of Johnny Walker, right. you know, which isn't bad because I even said last week, like Johnny Walker's so explosive. He's fun. He's got this wild, crazy, he does these front flip, mm-hmm. triple backflip kick, you know, whatever. I mean, he's always just been a crazy, wild, unorthodox guy. And I said last week, you know, I want him to temper that a little bit and, and pick better moments to do that stuff. And it was like the complete opposite. You know, it's, mm-hmm. he did that just that, but I mean, it was like completely dialed down. And I think at some point you have to be willing to, you know, that's kind of what got him here. And I know, yeah, that like, I think even DC was like, you know, you can't do that at the highest level. Like, yeah, you have mm-hmm. to learn some defense and some different, you have to be a little bit more settled in, but you know, don't completely move away from what got you there either. You yeah. Know? And well, I think this is the first time he's fought somebody who's as dangerous as he is. Yeah. Because, you know, Corey Anderson knocked him out, remember, but that wasn't necessarily a big shot that just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, But this is the first time he's fought, and, you know, he probably felt them body kicks and some of them other, like, punches and was like, I can't just throw something crazy because if I miss, I might be going to sleep. Sure, and a guy like Santos, you have to be a little bit more careful, but it's like two... And I get back to it, and I I was telling you and Brandon, you know, in our, our, our chat last night after the fight is... John Cavanaugh might be one of the worst cornermen that I've personally, I mean, other than uh, what was Diego Santos, oh, Joshua yeah. Fabia or whatever. I but, mean, Mike Perry had his girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I'm sure people that have been worse, but in terms as far as a head coach, a legitimate. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. And it's like, he could be a phenomenal coach. I mean, right. he's definitely coached many guys, gotten many guys and girls to the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't doubt that he's not a good coach. He knows his stuff. But that doesn't make mean that he's a good cornerman. And right. I've never been a cornerman, obviously. I've never coached somebody in mixed mm-hmm. martial arts. But I, I've been an athlete. I've, I've played sports my whole life. I know what being coached is like. And it's, it's not any different between sports, you know. And I feel mm-hmm. like at some point, you know, you have to be okay or comfortable with telling in this case, the fighter or the athlete sitting in front of you, like you need to go, right? Like this isn't like how many times, like I can, I know like sometimes I'll be rolling and you know, you know, Jacob, he'll walk around sometimes and kind of coach guys. And it's like, you know, sometimes like he'll tell me like, Hey, just get up. Like just forget technique. Like you just need to be a dog and just mm-hmm. get up right now. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and sometimes like, I feel like you got to tell people like that. And, and cause to me, that fifth round, it was 2-2 for me going into the fifth. Mm-hmm. And that fifth round, I feel like Johnny Walker fought that fifth round like a guy that thought he just had to finish the right. round and not get finished. And he, to me, left a lot on the table. I mm-hmm. thought he looked his, you know, he struggled with cardio in the past, which maybe could have led to some of that, you know, reduced action from him. Like maybe he was worried about getting gassed or whatever, but he looked great in the fifth cardio seemed on point Mm -hmm. and he just, I mean, he just never engaged or pulled the trigger. And, but a lot of that, if you listen to John Cavanaugh between rounds, it was like, dude, you're, you know, we're doing great and we got him where we want to do this. And, and even I told you guys, there's plenty of examples with Connor when Cavanaugh has done that as well, where it's like, you know, he's almost been like encouraging after Connor loses a round and, and there's moments. Sure. There's, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's times with different athletes where you need to decay, you know, 
like you know you know who you can yell at right. or not but everybody the, has their own thing yeah but at the end of the day when you're talking like you're going to lose if you don't win this round or finish this guy right like i don't know i just i don't know if he just doesn't build that relationship with those guys yeah. or if it's a personality thing and it could be something where he struggles in in reading the moment yeah i don't know where he feels like he what he's sure. saying is true and then yeah. afterwards you see it and it's like oh gosh that's yeah. not i was off but yeah, no, I think, um, and you see that too in the NFL right. with a lot of like defensive and offensive coordinators that then go to the head coaching job. And it's like when they're coordinators, you know, it's easy for them to call plays and see the field and, you know, you're up in the booth, but then when they try to do that on the sidelines, there's like, Oh, I got to worry about the clock timeouts challenges. Situational. Yeah. And you know, like I'm, I'm a bears fan. So believe me, I understand this more than anybody, but right. like Matt Nagy struggled with that as like, it's like you lose sense of the game. Cause you're just so focused on one aspect, you know? And mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe that's similar for him, but yeah, it could be, uh, it just hit the advice in between rounds was not, to me what it should have been mm -hmm. as far as I feel like he was in, like leading Johnny Walker to believe that he was way farther ahead in that fight than what he was. Right. And I, and, you know, they, you see examples of certain coaches like, you know, Greg Jackson is never like real sure. vocal, super vocal or loud in a corner, but you don't hear him giving advice. That's going to hurt his fighter going into the next he round. He gives advice though. That's right. like, like, you know, he'll be like, okay, John Jones, here's the thing. Let's breathe. Let's calm down. Right. We need to start kicking. You know, like it's like mm -hmm. it's 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 weirdly encouraging, but it's also still very like critical as well. Or if you know you struggle with that, then you have somebody else with you that can take it there and be like, "Hey, man, you gotta go. You gotta, you know, you gotta right. take this round." Because you see some coach, some cornermen do have like that. Here's my role is to say this, and the other guy's gonna slap you in the head and tell you to do your sure. job. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, look at like. Uh, like Ray Longo, punch a fucking hole in his chest. You <laughs> yeah. know, like you get those guys that you know they'll they'll get intense. But I think it is per athlete. But still, mm -hmm. I that was just a frustrating aspect to me. Is I feel like he wasn't conveying to Johnny Walker enough. Like, hey, this this especially going in that fifth. Like, you got to be telling your fighter, like, hey, it's probably two two. You might even be down around. Right. Like, we need to either finish or definitely win this mm -hmm. round. And there was just none of that urgency. Uh, for and, and that's how Johnny Walker finished that fight. Like I think right. he thought he won it. I don't know. And I think with these bigger guys too, you know, when and you see it in heavyweight sometimes too. But even if you outstrike somebody, if these big shots are landing on you, then um, it makes it bigger in the judge's eyes. You know, when you're when these guys throwing bombs on you, or yeah, and you know all you're doing is getting little tap leg kicks, or maybe yeah. you know quick jabs or something like that yeah santos the whole fight was definitely landing the bigger strikes oh. and <clears throat> you know and that was frustrating too because when walker at the same time when he was landing str big shots they were getting reactions out of yep. santos but it was one strike at a time he was never putting combos together and it was just i don't know man it was so frustrating to just see the fainting and then just nothing to follow it up with though you know and yeah. just not committing to anything anything at all well when i when i did my breakdown of the fight and who i picked that's why i kind of went with santos is that having that experience in a five-round fight knowing how to close out fights stuff like that stuff that you gotta you know kind of get used to so sure no 100 percent um let's move to the co-main <laughs> very so this is what interesting is you got your co-main that ends like this and then a main event that was just kind of a snooze fest kind of right. a tough card man we've been we've been real lucky with the the fight nights so you, you get one of these every once in a while but Kyle Dawkins versus Kevin Holland ends in a no contest uh, due to an accidental headbutt in round one. So let's explain this um, for maybe people that didn't see. So uh, Kyle Dawkins and Kevin Holland, it was three minutes into the first round. 
um, exchange headbutts. Well, or not, not exchange them. They kind of exchange them. So they leaned in. They both were leaning in. Um, but Dawkus's head kind of caught Kevin Holland in the side of the chin. Right in the jaw. Knocked him out cold. I mean, his head bounced. Holland went face first. Yeah, straight. I don't know how he straight into the canvas. Well, it was almost like the impact of the canvas woke him back up because he instantly woke up. Um, there was a bit of a scramble between the two of them. He was doing a good job. Uh, Kevin Holland was of trying to recover. Um, they stand up or, or get up, and then uh, Dawkins is able to get to his back, and he finishes a, 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 rear, a rear yeah. naked choke. Um, I think he kind of put Holland out for a minute too. I think Holland may have gone a little bit out, or maybe he just kind of fell out, you know, just from exhaustion mm-hmm. or whatever, because that choke was tight. I mean, he never got a chance to collect himself. Yeah. So, um, but as soon as the headbutt happened, and Holland just falls face first. I mean, me sitting at home watching on the couch. You could tell that that it was a headbutt and that it right. knocked him out. I mean, it was plain as day. And Dan Mergulata, uh, why can't I say his last name? He Dan, has a, I'm glad you said it more before I Dan did. Dan Mergulata. Mergulata or Mer- something Mergulata. like that. Mergulata. That's so weird. Like, how can I not say that? It's just got a really uh, peanut butter. It's like middle. one of those names you can say it in your head, but you think you know his name, but when you say <laughs> yeah. it out loud, like, you sound stupid. Um, oh, yeah. So he notices it instantly and signals to uh, the commissioner over on the side of the cage, like, hey, replay, like, re- replay, replay. Um, but he he did not stop the fight. He let it continue, probably because Kevin Holland got back to moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the fight was over, uh, we'll call him Big Dan. <laughs> we'll leave the last name. <laughs> Dan goes to the outside of the cage um, and is talking to Herb Dean, Mark Ratner, the commissioner, mm-hmm. and they're trying to kind of figure out what to do. They're watching the replays, and Herb basically tells Dan, like, hey, you know, this is your call. You can make that decision. Um and and Mergliata just that sounded good. There you that go. came out pretty. Nice. I don't know if you can do it twice. I can't but. do it twice, so I'm not <laughs> going to do it again. Uh, he decides on a no contest, um, and that's how the fight ended because clearly the headbutt, which headbutts mm-hmm. are illegal, um, knocked him unconscious, and it and it did lead to the finish ultimately. Um, so we'll kind of start there because I know that's a lot, but I feel like it's important to get all the details out there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that was the right call? Yeah, uh, you know. There was when I watched it, it seemed like they were almost leaning toward letting it go as a the Doc is winning, and then just and then Sean the, Shelby kind of ended up over there and yeah. some more people, and they kind of rehuddled. Yeah, and then you heard Herb Dean start telling them like, "Hey, if you don't feel comfortable, call to no contest. It can fit." Sure. And then they kind of cut the mics off because it was like, "I don't want you to hear them whispering yeah. about." Yeah. Um, which is I don't understand. Like this would have been the perfect episode to have Brandon here to talk about his headbutts and yeah illegal strikes, but no, man, you know. You know, last weekend we had a fight that headbutts could, you know, affected to an extent with sure. Ortega and Volkanovski. Yeah. And you have seen other fights where, you know, a headbutt happens, and it, but it doesn't necessarily, like, lead to the end of a fight. You know, a fighter goes back to their corners, able to kind of recover and get to it. This one, you know, you got, you also don't see him where they get knocked out cold from it. And yeah, that's I what mean, I think. he was out. He Not only does he get knocked out cold, his head bounces off the canvas, and he's able to recover quick, but he was never able to recover enough to be able to defend the scramble. No, and, and so, and, and that's kind of the thing. So me personally, I think it was the right call. I, right. As soon as it happened, I was like, they've got to make this a no contest, especially when he was over there watching it. You can clearly see that he was out cold. Um, I, you had to make it a no contest. It's mm-hmm. an illegal strike. Right. Or, you know, I mean, it's not really a strike, but it's headbutts are illegal. Mm-hmm. And that's what clearly led to the finish. The finish followed probably not even 20 seconds after that. The fight was over. Um, 
it sucks for both guys. Right. It, it really, it sucks for Kyle Dawkins. It, it sucks for even Kevin Holland, you know, not saying, you know, cause you know, he, he kind of lost cause he tapped, but so maybe it's a good thing for him, but you don't want to lose like that, you know, just yeah. like you don't want to win like that. And because, you know, he could go back and say, well, if I didn't get headbutt, I could have won that fight, mm-hmm. you know? So it sucks for both guys. Kyle Dawkins after the fight and the post fight pressers really upset about it. And I get it, you know, and, and I think once he calms down a little bit and thinks about it, he'll, he'll know it's the right call. But, um, you know, he basically, his thoughts were that yes, the initial headbutt knocked him out, but he's arguing that, um, basically as soon as he got, he woke back up when he hit right. the ground was that, uh, he got to the wrist. Uh, Kevin Holland was able to, he said he actually had some really nice wrist control on me. He locked up, threw up a triangle. So, you know, he's saying is even though it knocked him out, he was back in the fight, which you can't be back. You know, when you're, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, he was out. I mean, right. he literally fell straight to his face, head bounced off the canvas. So even though, you know, some of that's just reactionary, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that's why I said, I think when he calms down a little bit, he'll understand it more yeah. and, and it, it is what it is. Um, it does suck for Dawkins though. And I get it too, is he was, you know, he's like, you know, we got to figure out the pay thing and it sucks because now he's not going to get that win bonus. He's only going to make half of his money. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like Dawkins, you know, he might be like, and I have no idea, but he could only be like 20, 30,000 to show 20, 30,000 to win. If that, if that, so you're basically getting like half your pay because now you're not going to get that win bonus. So I understand you. And that's why I said, it just sucks for Mm -hmm. both guys. And it's a, it's a rough situation. Um, and it's neither of their faults. It just happened. Um, but so do you think like, should it be, and it's, once again, and I don't want to be cre- critical of the referees ever in this situation because it's a tough no. call. I mean, it's just it's easy to kind of you know Monday morning quarterback this thing. Um, but do you think that Dan should have stopped it in that moment? Because it was obvious to me, even watching at home, yeah. like that he that it was a headbutt and it knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Well, you play the it. It sucks because if maybe maybe if it's like a, a quick like shot or like an elbow or something yeah. to hit him and you thought it was and you break up that yeah. momentum that's the thing that's like you tough. don't you don't want to interrupt the finish if there wasn't right but but at the same time yeah and you know what really makes this difficult when you really sit and think about it is you know you want to say you know for us watching it like he clearly got knocked out but even like on the DACA side like if somebody gets poked in the eye and the ref doesn't see it yeah and that guy still gets finished because he can't see out of that yeah. eye or like a nut shot. If a guy gets kicked in the nuts sure. or hit and the ref doesn't see it, he could still get finished and you know, they gotta it's their liberty to go back and look into it, but it's tough because so many of these other fouls that are illegal, fighters kinda push through and sometimes they lose, sometimes they win and Yeah. So here's my here's what I think. I personally think that the way that we could fix this is I think there needs to be somebody that is either in the back of the arena out. So they're not even in the arena. They're in the back, maybe out in the truck somewhere mm-hmm. removed. And they are literally watching a hundred monitor, you know, not a hundred, but every right. angle they have monitors in front of them. And I think when something like that happens that either they can review it or Dan, like Dan instantly give like how he gave that guy a signal and they can instantly watch it within like seconds. And then they mm-hmm. can, you know, give him an earpiece, yeah. come in his ear, like, and stop it. You know, they can say, like, stop the fight or stop, pause action, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because even, like, with the eye pokes, nut shots, like, it'd be better 
to be able to resolve those quicker. And I know it's yeah. tough with a sport like MMA. And I, I understand like you're, you're playing with fire there a little bit. Cause like you said, you don't want to stop the momentum of somebody finishing. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing wrong, if there was no rule, bro, right. but there's gotta be a way to be able to check that really fast. Yeah. And, and I just, I think we, we need, we're at a point now where that every sport has instant replay or yeah. challenges and stuff like that. And we need to find a way to implement that safely into MMA. Yeah. It's, it's weird too, because of the whole momentum thing. Cause you know, like, Doc is saying that he got wrist control and threw up a triangle. What if Holland finishes that triangle? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's or, why it sucks for both guys. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a weird it's a weird game that MMA is. So it it really is. And it's uh, unfortunate for both because Holland. I thought his wrestling looked a little bit improved. I, so I was gonna and, say like kind of moving past the controversy, just the fight itself. I mean, we only got about three and a half minutes of mm-hmm. the actual fight. But what did you think? I mean. Man, I thought Holland's aggression looked nice with the striking. That first like opening sequence, he threw like an opening combo, and man, he threw some heat. If those would have connected, oh yeah, Dawkins would have been out. His uh, length look, he used his length really well, and then I thought his wrestling didn't. I mean, he got sure. the Dawkins got the trip, but he didn't get any initial, yeah. you know, initial got, takedowns. Got 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 right back up. Oh uh, yeah, and then looked over at DC. DC, it's gotten a little better. <laughs> yeah, and DC was like this uh, dude, man. You know. I, Here's what I will say about Holland. He came in at 183. He's got to move. I down. feel like 170 is right there. So, man. so Jacob texted me last night and he was just basically said the same thing. Like Holland's got to move, and I think so too, man. Like right. why? Like Dawkins looked bigger. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I felt like yes, I thought Kevin Holland looked good. That some of his striking, I think he was the better striker. But I thought Dawkins' stand up looked really good too, mm-hmm. and he was definitely going to threaten and just repeat, repeat with those takedowns. And and sh- anything could happen. It's MMA, right. but I just was getting the vibe really early on that Dawkins was the better fighter. I don't know why. Yeah. I can't really signal to any one specific thing. It's just I was getting the vibe that that fight goes on another two rounds, and I feel like Dawkins might have pulled it out. And, yeah. and I can't. I I genuinely cannot point to any one particular mm-hmm. thing. There wasn't a lot in it, but just the way they both looked in there. Um, yeah. D- Dawkins was not going to give up on those takedowns. There's no way I think Holland defends him three rounds. And mm-hmm. I didn't think his striking, though I thought it looked better than Dawkins's, the small exchanges we did get, I mm-hmm. thought Dawkins's looked just good enough to get to those exchanges in the wrestling and grappling. Yeah, it's tough because, um, you know, I don't I haven't seen as much of Dawkins at his best as I have as Holland. Like yeah. when, when Holland is at his best and he's using his length, his striking, he can clip you because he played sure. the fight so long. Absolutely. And, you know, he does have some of the crazier, like the Jacare, like from his back. Like he does some crazy stuff. So it is unfortunate. But with 170 being right there, why yeah, not no. take all that down and just be the longer, kind of right. bigger guy? I mean, I just, I. I don't know. I'm not in his camp. That's right. not my just. He can do what he wants, but I just feel like to me, if I'm around him, it's like, dude, like you said, 170s right there, Bubba. Yeah. Let's get it. I mean, at this point, you either run that back or you drop down to 170 is what I would say. Sure. Um, let's run through the rest of these fights real quick. Nico Price uh, defeating Alexander Oliveira. Close fight. I thought really back mm-hmm. and forth. Um, I thought Nico Price was just just a cardio monster. Just oh, yeah, pushed dude. it a lot more. You know, just kind of broke Oliveira a little bit in that fight. Uh, Chris. Kristoff uh, Jocko defeating Misha Kirkinov via split decision. Alex Hernandez defeating Mike Breeden <sighs> via first round KO. I just wrote down one word: violent. Yeah, I mean, dude, Alex the Great Hernandez. Wow, Jeez. he just looked violent. That was a nasty finish. Um, Casey O'Neill defeating Antonio Shevchenko, Valentina's sister, Oof. via second round TKO. Casey O'Neill eight and zero. Yeah, she's really starting to look like a legitimate contender. For sure. In that that uh, uh, 
125 pound division, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's she's looking promising for sure. Really pro and, and a- Antonia Shevchenko, man, just having a hard time. You know, yeah, she's kind of sometimes it's hard to get up out and down. that shadow, man. Yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, I wrote, threw in the Carol Rosa defeating Betch Cohea via unanimous decision because uh, Betch uh, did retire right after yeah. the fight, and you know she's fought for world titles and stuff, and mm-hmm. kind of one of those early pioneer women. Uh, to the UFC so I think it was worth mentioning her and that uh, she decided in her career and then one that I was personally looking forward to uh, Jamie Malarkey defeating Devontae Smith via second round TKO I thought Devontae Smith looked great in the first round really mm-hmm. uh, had Malarkey on the ropes a little bit but man shout out to Jamie Lark- Malarkey he is just a dog oh yeah that the that um Douglas Silva DeAndre whatever yeah his knockout was crazy yeah. um I do want to mention that Misha fight uh the Kuranov yep it was his he went down to 85 for the first time yeah yeah I saw so that. I forgot to mention that last week I would too. be in, I was interested to see how he would look you know maybe he does it again and the cut goes a little bit better and Jock he looks was a, a beast bit. though man oh I yeah knew that was gonna be a tough fight for him this is the first card I've ever seen in my whole watching UFC where all of the prelim fighters got the fight bonuses yeah it was just one of those. Yeah, <laughs> it was a rough main. Jeez, call. man. I mean, I mean, Hernandez made it look so good in that first one, and then you know you got the Dawkins, obviously the main event, uh, and then I mean the the Jocko Kirkinov and the Price Oliveira, they just weren't the most exciting. Mm-hmm. Fight. I mean, they were good fights, but they just weren't the most exciting. So yeah, the prelims deserved it, man. Um, For sure. One other result I want to mention is a little Bellator Michael Ooh. Page Venom defeating Douglas Lima via. Very close split decision. I didn't watch the fight. Obviously, once again, we've mm-hmm. I don't have show time. I've seen some highlights, read articles per usual, like I always do. Um, <clears throat> when I can't watch them, I don't really know much to say about it other than it sounds like it was really close. It sounds like I man, it sounds like it came down to the first round, is what people are saying. Mm-hmm. But the highlights with the judges' scorecards. But dude, did you see the shots that he he dropped Lima like twice in that first yeah. round? Did you see those shots? Oh yeah. He just jumped into him and they landed perfect. So it sounds like it comes down to like, you know, do you score those? Cause then it said basically Lima took Michael Page down and held him for like the mm-hmm. last half of the first round. So it's like Without seeing, you know, it's one thing to get the takedown, but then you got a whole, you know, can or is, or is, was he doing damage? Was right. he threatening? You know, I didn't see it, so mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen that stuff. But, man, I did see those two shots that he dropped. Yeah. From what I read from different tweets and articles and the highlights and stuff, it seemed like Paige dropped him twice, wobbled him with an elbow mm-hmm. once, and yeah. then Lima's highlights are more taking him down and holding him but not doing damage because right. Paige looked good. The biggest takeaway I have from it is how does Bellator not make that a five-round main event? I, it was only three. Yeah, well. And, and In I, London, like you, this, I don't understand it. I know Michael Page says he would rather do a five-round rematch with him for the trilogy than go for the belt because Lima did sure. lose the belt. Crazy enough, this is three losses in a row for Lima, who at one time was. Like ran that division for yeah. like three years, I think. But, he, well, his first, he went, he tried to go up and get the 85 title lost. Just lost his belt and then just lost to Paige. So yeah. I would love to see him run it back, but it's got to be five rounds. I mean, you can't you can't have a fight like that if you're Bellator and, and not go no, and, five rounds. Yeah, and I was excited. He Michael Page called out the uh, Bellator welterweight champ. I'd I'd love to see him get that belt, man. You know he's he's been very vocal uh, lately about um, Michael Page has about the UFC and mm-hmm. you know wanting to cross over and 
dude, it's something where I'd I'd love to see him get over here yeah. and find a way. Well, you know, the <clears throat> you know his biggest knock has been not fighting like top guys, and right. he's only lost once, and it's to Lima, and he got that loss back. So, sure. you know, if he keeps on taking out their bigger names, people are gonna have to start putting him up there in that uh, pound for pound welterweight. Yeah, I think he just needs to, like I said, just find a way to get to the UFC and yeah. start winning Ooh. some big fights, man. There's some so many fun oh. matchups over here for him. So many fun matchups, uh, oh, but yeah. but we need to see him win big fights in Bellator for he, sure. You know, losing that Lima was a big setback for him, mm-hmm. that first title right. fight. So, uh, but yeah, we'd love to see him over here. Well, let's move on because we do have another fight night this week. Um, we are not going to pick this week without Brandon. Like I said, guys, with, with that episode getting canceled, everything is so last minute this week. Um, I will say I'm in first place solo now. You are solo because you did. You, Santos. You got one point for that. Yep. Yeah. So you. So and then the co-main didn't get. So that points. means it would be 62, 62 61, and 60. Yep. Okay. So we're all separated by one point. So there's your update, but we're not going to pick because uh, with all this stuff, like I said, we just weren't able to get picks from Brandon and it's just last minute, but we're still going to preview the fights because should be a pretty decent card. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this Saturday, October 9th, UFC Fight Night, main event, women's strawweight division, number four ranked Mackenzie Dern versus number six, Marina Rodriguez. Uh, Dern has really started to find her form lately. Mm-hmm. She's coming into this fight with an 11-1 and record, uh, currently on a four-fight win streak. She's obviously a very high-level uh, jiu-jitsu black belt in um Excuse me. The biggest knock to her game lately has been her striking, uh, but ever since that she started training stand up with Jason Perillo, we've seen significant improvements oh, yeah. there. Um, Rodriguez is coming in. She's on a two fight win streak. Uh, her last was a unanimous decision victory over Michelle Waterson in May. I think Waterson stepped in last minute for that, mm-hmm. didn't she? Like on like a one or two week notice. Yeah. Um, she's already fought. Uh, Marina has al- already fought twice this year, so she's definitely been the more active between these two ladies. Uh, Rodriguez has six KO victories. Dern has seven sub victories. But interestingly enough, Dern has never been knocked out, and Marina has never been subbed. So yeah. this is like, uh, so it's uh, neither, and actually neither of them. Yeah, no, neither of them have ever been finished in their careers. That's yeah. right. That was kind of like an interesting. Neither of them, they've only their only losses yeah. were decisions. Um, so I think this fight's really interesting. Marina's a phenomenal striker. She's very tall and long for the division. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a really good stance. Uh, she stays really long. Her distance management and keeping girls on the end of her punches and just kind of picking them apart. Classic striker. Classic yeah, striker. Draw it up better. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know with Dern. Her only loss is a decision to Rebus, and uh, yeah. Rodriguez has a knockout victory over, over Rebus, her. Yeah. But, you know, matchups make style, or styles make matchups, I mean. And, sure. Um, but, yeah. yeah, this couldn't get any more classic striker versus grappler. But McKenzie's striking is looking really so much better. And it's you can tell the goal is, like, maybe not necessarily to be devastating, but it's just to use the striking to get to the takedown. A little bit of an equalizer. Yeah, yeah. because that was her problem. Excuse me. When she first came into the UFC, she was doing a good job of winning. You know, she was winning, but she was just coming straight in and trying to grab lady. You know, it Mm -hmm. wasn't like there was no setup. She was getting hit big, you know, by, and like, she's got a really good chin too. She does have a good chin and, and it's, gotten her some wins because she was able to and if she can eat shots and then eventually get a hold of you that's where it gets bad because i don't think as much as i think obviously rodriguez has way better striking i don't think it's so i don't think the difference between their striking is the same as the difference between their grappling sure and um 
uh, Reba, or not Rebus, uh, Marina Rodriguez, she's, uh, both of her last fights against Watterson and Rebus, uh, she was taken down, uh, by mm-hmm. both of them. Um, she did eventually find her way back up in both of those fights, but that's a lot easier said than do easier said than done. Excuse me. Uh, against a girl like Dern right. who she'll get on something dude who, you know, think about like, uh, Dern's last fight against, uh, Amanda's wife, uh, Nina. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Nina is used to having Amanda who's right. a lot bigger and is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt on top of her. And she just could not get Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. You know, that's what I was saying about the Valentina fight is like, you know, if Dern ever wanted to move up to that weight is like, it would just be so interesting because she's such a specialist and so mm-hmm. good on the yeah, ground. I don't, I don't know if you could find another woman in that division with better jujitsu than Dern. No, not because Dern not only is decorated outside of MMA, but in MMA, she just seems so much ahead. Really, anywhere in the women's UFC, you know, all the weight classes is that's what makes like the Valentina fight so crazy because if it gets down to that. Sure, and it's Oof. one thing to say you know you're a champion or a black belt, but I mean she's competed at the highest levels of jujitsu. You know what I'm Gabby. saying? Yeah, she beat Gabby Garcia. So, and and if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty unreal. Uh, so, and then in our co-main, uh, we have a really fun matchup in the welterweight division: uh, Randy Brown versus Jared Jared Gooden. Randy Brown's a guy I'm I'm still really high on him, man. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely one of those guys who has. Uh, struggled to really break through to that next level of competition. Three of his four losses in the UFC have been to guys like Bilal Muhammad, Nico Price, and uh, most recently Vincente Luque. It's like um, top guys. Yeah, though, that's what I'm know? saying. He just it's like he gets like two wins in a row, and then he fights one of these guys where it's like you got to beat this next level, and he loses. And it's right. like I just you know I want to see him really put that together and break through. Um, he is coming in off with some good momentum though. Uh, after a big first round knockout over Cowboy Oliveras, who mm-hmm. we saw fight last night, actually fought Nico price. Um, then you have Jared Gooden, who's also coming in off an impressive, uh, first round knockout. Um, that was his first win in the UFC, however, and he's currently, uh, one and two in the organization. Uh, so a bit of a rough start to his UFC career. Uh, both of these guys are great strikers. Both have really long reach for the division. I'd slightly probably give around the advantage on the feet. Um, mm. but I could see Gooden, who's also a very good, and he's just a really well-rounded you know, MMA fighter, I could see him potentially taking this fight down where then I think he would have the, a bit of the advantage in my opinion. What do you think? Well, according to ESPN, let me give you a fun fact. What do you think is takedown accuracy? I saw is? it's a hundred percent, but so a little, but a little back. So I was looking into that, but the thing is, is <clears throat> that's only in his three fights in the UFC. Cause they obviously oh, don't okay. keep track outside of the UFC. And I think he's only had like two takedowns to be fair. Oh, for sure. I mean, here's the thing. I wouldn't tell anybody how many I have. Yeah. Sure. I would just say I'm a hundred percent, but he's got a lot of support mission victories yeah. i mean he's, he's a big dude he is they're both really long yeah. dude. uh randy brown's a big dude too mm-hmm. um the only thing that i don't like that gooden does is he keeps his hands low yeah. in fights i mean like i'm talking like down at his hips and i think against a guy like randy brown you know you cannot do that man no. you've got i mean randy brown if he hits you you're going down but both of these guys are right. so but he does it because his reach and i think these two have like one of the if not one and two longest reaches yeah. in the Division. Brown is 78 and good in 77. Yeah, that's so, really long for, right. you know, you're talking Johnny Walker's is what, 80, 81. Yeah. And he's a 205 or these are welterweights. So this will be one of those don't blinks, I feel like. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited for this. Uh, both of these fights, man, like I said, maybe not the star power like we've seen on some of the other fight nights, but some really, really good matchups. Um, you also have uh, on this card Tim Elliott versus Mateos Nicola or Nicolua, who, um, 
just recently upset uh, Menil Cop mm-hmm. when you know we were really hot on Menil Cop there for a minute, <laughs> and Mateos just said not today, boys. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see him fight again. Uh, you also have uh, Phil Haas who is going to be facing DC's junior. Yeah. DC's protege, Duran Wynn. Uh, Phil Haas, man, undefeated oh. in the UFC. I think he's on like an eight fight win streak in his career or something like that. Uh, going against a Duran Wynn, who has not had a good run in the no. UFC, um, has really struggled to get going. I personally think the only reason Duran, he's had weight issues, you know, lost. It says, him, ESPN says his weight is 195. And he's a, and he's a middleweight. Yeah, they, right. don't, they don't even list him as a 185-er. <laughs> he's missed weight so much. Um, so hopefully he shows up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he makes weight. And, um, you know, we'll see, man. I, I'm, still, I'm still not fully in on him because I still feel like the only reason he's still around has got to be the DC connection a little bit. And I hate to be that way but that's just how i feel i mean yeah the guy's two and two and i mean with hawes he's just coming off of a good win against uh docus so right. it'll be a tough fight for a win because hawes will try to knock your head off too oh, but he, man. as yeah. he's gotten tired he went he does lean on his wrestling so that might be where win can kind of negate that. that's kind of what i think too I, I think he comes in and just instantly goes to the takedowns and tries to wear Haas down because that's what you got to do you know Mm -hmm. Haas is so big and so much muscle I mean we have seen him gas but he's always found a way to still pull out wins so um yeah so that's this Saturday night should be a good uh good little fight card for sure let's get some news oh yeah real real quick though before we get into that if you were going to make a pick for the main event who would it be darn for sure yeah I think like she's got the momentum the star power, the she's made so much adjustments. She's had the most growth over any fighter I've probably seen in a while. What about the co-main? Ooh, I'd probably, I want to lean Brown because I do like him. Yeah. But I feel like that one's kind of a pick em. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones I got to see. Like, I think if Gooden comes out with that, like I said, like I said, his hand's real low, I think mm-hmm. Brown will find his chin. And neither one of them has showed that, like, you know, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt until you show me because they've both shown you why you don't necessarily. Sure. Give them the 100%. Give us the news. We got a lot of fight announcements. Right Man. after 266. They went crazy. Dana just let the whole clip go. Yeah, they went crazy. Um, I don't even know where to start here, man. Let's uh, let's save some of the better ones, the juicier ones. Some early ones. Not necessarily great, but they'll be good little add-ons to the cards. Greg Hardy, Alexi Olenek. Maybe <laughs> Hardy can get back on the boat. Who knows? Uh, We got Pedro Munoz and Dominique Cruz. That's a big one. Oof. Big time for 269 in December. So Sean O'Malley called out Pedro mm-hmm. early in the week, and we thought maybe that was going to be the fight. Then they announced the dominant Cruz. Would you have rather seen Pedro fight Cruz, or would you have rather rather seen him fight O'Malley? Selfishly, O'Malley. Yeah, I think so. But for his, <clears throat> but for what Pedro's trying to do as far as build himself back up in the division and yeah. get these bigger fights, it makes more sense for Cruz. And uh, excuse me, Pedro to fight each other mm-hmm. in terms of yeah, moving up because I think Cruz O'Malley even wanted Cruz and <laughs> Cruz was like yeah, not yet, oh, yeah. nah, nah, you're not close. Well, speaking of O'Malley, he has a fight yes. uh, announced against Rulion P- Paiva. Paiva, Paiva, yeah. We just saw Paiva fight, man. Paiva is a killer. He was he came up for that last fight, right? Or did he, he go down? Uh, he, I, I thought his first his last fight before I that think one he came up because I think he was fighting at 25 and was struggling to make weight. Yeah. So I think he moved up to 35. That's going to be on 269 as well. Yeah. Um, That's going to be a good one. Crazy one. O'Malley better come with it. Yeah, Paiva is a dog, man. Oh, yeah. We got the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, and yeah, Chris Dawkins. Big Dawkins. huge, man. I saw the – because they were asking – because obviously after the uh, Kevin Holland, Doc, Chris Dawkins uh, – mm-hmm. 
Wait, Kyle. Kyle. Gosh, I get them confused. That's why I said uh, big, big donkeys. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Holland said that he would, you know, he told Kyle, like, let's run it back. And uh, they asked Kyle about it in the post fight. And he, he said, yeah, absolutely. But he said, let's let Chris fight first, mm-hmm. you know, so. That's going to be on a fight night in December 18th. And remember that date because there's some other heat that's happening around then. We have, uh, with Aljamain Sterling out with his neck injury, mm-hmm. we got Peter Young going against Corey Sanhagen yeah. for the interim belt at 267. It's a big one, man. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good. To, I mean, good for Corey to get this chance. Yeah. A lot of people don't get it after losing a fight. Yeah, he kind of got lucky, man, because with obviously. TJ being hurt. Yeah, TJ's hurt. And obviously, you know, with Sterling having to step aside because his neck isn't isn't uh, healing properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he kind of got lucky, man. Let's see if he can make the most of it. Uh, I, Sterling, Aljo said he thinks uh, Sanhagen wins that. I mean, it's going to be interesting because um, he's kind of unpredictable and he has a lot of real rangy stuff and Jan kind of has to get in on people sure. being a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, another replacement with Rafael Dos Anjos out, Dan Hooker steps in to face Islam. What a story, man. Yeah. All right, that's going to be October. That's 267 as well. Yeah. I mean, this dude, he just made a tweet. that He retweeted the fight announcement and said, burn the boats. Yeah. So he's like, I ain't going back, you know? Yeah. So we kind of talked about it last week, but I mean, everybody at this point, we've talked about it so much, knows the situation in Australia. Um, but <clears throat> because um, he is going to fight, and that fight's in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. um, he is going to forego going back to Australia, which is going to, you know, now it's going to delay him even more. And I think it was Ariel Hawani said that that means that he basically will not see his family until early next year. Yeah. That is crazy. I probably don't go back, man, at this point. I, why don't you just bring your family out? Which that might be what he does and maybe at this point. I don't, yeah, and I don't know what they're, you know, like I said, Australia is so Put nutty. Put the house up for sale and get out. I mean, man, you're talking, you're going to miss Christmas. You're going to miss everything, bro. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough fight to just step in on. Islam is... Yeah, let's let's get to that. I mean, the fact that you're even, you know, willing to do that to yourself and your family mm-hmm. and make that decision, then you're doing it against a guy like Islam, who a lot of people think is the second coming of our Lord and Father, Habib <laughs> and Brandon's, yeah. you know, and in Brandon's words. Uh, oh, yeah. But no, like, seriously, like, Islam's the man, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a scary... And nobody wants that fight. No, Here's Eugene, this, his coach, came out and basically said... He knew Dan would take it because Dan would never turn it out. One day notice, yeah. same day, it doesn't matter. He'll fight anybody. That's just who he is. Yeah, no, it's and and it's a scary, you know, it's a tough fight, and then you're doing it under those circumstances, dude. Dan Hooker is a legend. Yeah. He's the man. Hey, man started wrestling this last fight. Let's go, baby. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if he's ready for that, but we'll see. We're but he's, find out. he is very explosive, yeah, and we'll he does see. knees really well and a lot of up-the-middle stuff, so that's going to be... We'll see. And Islam got hit in some other fights, so we'll just have to see Well, how the good thing, too, is I'm assuming he'll stay in America... Mm-hmm. Until then, so at least we know he'll not be training in his garage. <laughs> you know, what garage. I mean? Yeah, his get his garage. <laughs> he'll be doing some real, real training. Oh yeah. Well, the fight announcement I'm most excited for: Jose Aldo and Rob Font. Yeah, what a fight! Fight night headliner in December fourth. It's a big one. You know, that's. I mean, winner probably gets a, depending on what happens with TJ and getting better. Who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? The last two I got aren't big, but they're just kind of like. We're fans of them, so I just wanted to give them a shout out. Darren Elkins and Cub Swanson. Yeah, the damage, baby. That's going to happen the 18th as well. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, little Indiana boy. And then our boy, Ty Tuavasa. Yeah, bam, bam. Uh, Gusto Sakai. Nice. 
So that's another one coming up. Love to see him get back in there. Oh, yeah. Love to. I love to Avasa. The only other news I wanted to talk about and see your take on is this whole Henry, Henry Cejudo calling out Volkanovski. Yeah. This will be, if he does this, this will be the third weight class. Sure. Two weight classes up from what he was originally fighting at. Sure. He's obviously, you know, Cejudo's the cornball cringe king. Where sure, He's yeah. just saying the weirdest stuff. And Volkanovski's basically saying, like, I will take your head off. Yeah. Um, I hope it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Uh, for a couple reasons. It's tough. I, I would love to see. It would just be cool. Like, what if he pulls it off? Yeah. And, and, and if you're a Cejudo, it makes sense. Because, let's be honest, like, just calling a spade a spade. Volk's probably the smallest 45er. Mm-hmm. There is, and he just so happens to be champion. So, um, you know, if, if you are Cejudo, you look at that as a favorable matchup because you're not going to have to go against one of these, like, Max. big, long guys like a Max. Because you've ne- you never seen him really call out Max. No, sure. Um, or even, like, an Ortega or, you know, so mm-hmm. one of these big guys. So it's like, let's do it now right. while they're still the little, you know, the shorter guy is still running the division a little bit. Um, I've seen, like, some pictures of Cejudo lately, He's a little thick, yeah, and like a little little pudgy. Got mm-hmm. got some belly, got some love handles. So, but I have to imagine, like you know, maybe he's like one fifty five, one sixty. I right. don't know what his walking weight is, but it's like, I mean, you're definitely gonna have to come with some better shape than that. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know if he does it. He does this every now and then when somebody yeah, wins a fight, he calls mm-hmm. him out and says, "Oh, I'm about to spank him, Dana. Call me back." Yeah, I'm a big history guy, so like my thing is like just for the culture, for the history of the UFC, I wouldn't mind seeing it. And oh. I mean, to be honest, as cringy as he is, who who else could pull that off than Cejudo? You know right. what I mean? He, he well, and here's, do, he, here's the flip side he, of it. This. He will literally find a way to do it. Right. I don't know. It's well, what makes it unfortunate is the real thing, thing is, is like Volkanovski could probably like knock him out and beat him and they'd still be like, Max is our man. Yeah. Just because he still, I still don't think he's fully got the full know. respect he deserves. But even beating Cejudo would probably be like, I don't know, man. All he's beat is Max twice and Ortega and Aldo. And I know. All these guys. But yeah, I mean, dude, folks, there's folks, not a lot of guys in that division that, um, kind of just calling for the shot. Sure. You know, if Yair beats Max, then you know you could probably argue that. I did hear something about Zabit's coach saying that he's coming back. I don't get it. I'm man. not holding my breath on no, that either. I just don't get it. So, so that, that division's is, in a weird spot. I yeah. feel like Zabit is like starting to remind me of like for different reasons, but like a Josh Gordon. Oh yeah, where it's like you could probably be the best, but for some reason you just get in your own way, right. and I just I don't understand it. I just don't get it, but mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I'm here for it. It's it's typical silly Cejudo stuff, but if I'm Cejudo, I get it. it right, it's an interesting matchup, and um, like I said, man, who would if, you like in that fight, dude? It's so tough to say, <laughs> but it's like if anybody could pull it off, it would be Cejudo. Right. It's just so tough to go against that guy at this point, um, but. I'll say like right here, right now, today, I'd probably still lean Volk. Yeah. Just because I think to me, especially in this Ortega fight, he's just really crossed over into a different mm-hmm. stratosphere in my book. Yeah, and and I think I agree with you. I think Volkanovski also, although he is short, we're also talking about a guy who's just really solid. Short, but he'd probably still be the bigger guy too. And yeah, and we've never seen Volk when he's had the right. <laughs> a size advantage. Man, and when you talk about like the, with the leg kicks, and I mean yeah. he doesn't get taken down. The sure. guy's just a tank. So I would. I would love to see it. I would lean Volkanovski, but I mean, obviously, like you said, everybody's yeah. lining up to see that. So. Four, four C's, baby. <laughs> four C's. Yeah, that's the other thing is, I I would pay just to to maybe get a little bit of that off of sure out of the world because that man, if he win, if he wins that, like, what what can you tell him? Sure, no, I I just nothing. jump into divisions and beat their champion and then I dip. No, we'd like literally have to like 
send him to an island and take his phone away. But he he wins that. Does that make him the greatest? I mean, three division champ, three division champ, Olympic gold medalist. It it'd be really hard, Ugh. really hard not to <laughs> to Yikes. argue that. That's <laughs> I mean, a lot of pressure on. Imagine Wachowski. imagine Henry Cejudo sitting atop the throne. That'd be interesting. Well, let's get into this uh, game. Let's get this yeah. get this episode wrapped up. I'm excited to see what you got. Uh, okay. I didn't want to give the name away because right. I wanted to to celebrate your blue belt. But in honor of your blue belt, right. tell people what we're doing. We have this new game that I'm calling "Who's the Blue." Who the blue? So what I'm going to do is I have two categories, celebrity and MMA fighters, and I'm going to name off two people, and you got to tell me who has the blue belt. Okay. Now, the person who doesn't have the blue belt could have a white, a brown, whatever other thing. Okay. And in some cases, they might not even train. Okay. You don't even know. Okay. But they're just kind of out there. So we're going to do celebrities first. Okay. So I think that's going to be the funner one. Fighters are going to have to think a little bit more. Ooh. Okay. So celebrities. First one, Tom Hardy, Vince Vaughn. What? Yeah. Dude, the fact that either of them either one of them might have a blue belt is crazy to me. Yeah. And after this you can here's the thing. There's not a lot of info out on all these guys, so some people could have belted up, but as I was able to find on the internet. I'm who got who's the blue? I, and I'm I'm only saying this because I feel like he's the only one that I feel like maybe I've heard trained, so I'm gonna say Tom Hardy. Wrong. What? Tom Hardy is a two stripe white belt. No and way. Vince Vaughn has a blue belt. He got it in like 2018. Go. Yeah. I was just like, because like, he could have been belted up by now, but I couldn't find that online. Because, you know, a lot of these celebrities, when they train, they kind of keep it. Yeah. I mean, the last recorded thing, though, you found was blue. Right. That's nuts. Dude. I didn't even know, because I feel like I had heard that Tom Hardy trained, but I had no idea that Vince Vaughn trained. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That one threw me off. Okay. So next one, we have Vin and, Diesel. And, and real quick, like, let's give a little, like, on blue belt, typically a blue belt takes, like, at least four, three to four years right. typically to get, I mean, like most, in most cases, um, I mean, you could definitely get it in like two, I think some people, mm -hmm. but you know, some coaches might, you know, especially for a celebrity, you might move them up a little quicker, right. but I mean, so to get a blue belt, that's kind of cool. Like crazy with Vince yeah. Vaughn because you've put in work. Right. And these coaches are putting their name on the line by yeah. giving you these. That's nutty, man. So the next one we have Vin Diesel and Jim Carrey. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, what were the two you just said? Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy and Vince Vaughn were the first one. I still can't believe Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we have Vin Diesel and Jim Carrey. Who's the blue? Once again, I'm like, I feel like this is a trap question, and it's like if it's Jim Carrey, but I'm just going to say Jim Carrey because I feel like that's a trap got to be. Because I would say Vince Vaughn, you would think, right. but I don't know. I'll say Wrong. Vin Diesel. Or Vin Diesel, sorry. Vin Diesel has a blue belt. Okay. Um, well, he trains with the Nogueras. He doesn't, they really? basically said that he's at blue belt level. So he's probably put in there. Right. I think that's kind of where like, uh, CM Punk was with like the Gracie's. Mm -hmm. He was like at a blue belt level, but they, he did, he doesn't want a blue belt. So, and uh fun fact, Jim carries a brown belt. No. Yes. Impossible. Look it up. I mean, you can fact check me, but that's what, what I found. Yeah. Jim carries a brown belt. It gets crazier. Dude, I'm already flabbergasted. This next one. <laughs> That's the next one's funny. Uh, we got Freddie Prince Jr., okay. the actor. Okay. And Jonathan Lipnicki, who was the kid from Stuart Little and the vampire, the little blonde kid with the glasses. Oh, he's an MMA fighter. Yeah. I know he, I'll say him because he, I know he's an MMA fighter. He's not the blue. Really? Freddie Prince Jr. is a four stripe blue belt. Jonathan Lipnicki's a black belt. Wow. 
That's crazy. He I'm, said he basically the article I read that he got like bullied a lot after the movies and yeah. stuff, and he kind of just jumped into training. But he's a full certified black belt. No way. And he looks like jacked. I don't know, if dude. You've seen this him is like rocking my world. Oh yeah. Uh, this next one's another doozy. We have Anthony Bourdain and Nicolas Cage. I think Nick. I think I think Nicolas Cage is a higher belt. I feel like I I knew he trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like he was a higher belt than Blue, so I'll say Anthony Bourdain or you're Bourdain. Right. Rest in peace. Right, uh, you're right. Anthony Bourdain actually trained with Danny here and them at the yeah the death squad. Yeah, Nicholas Cage is a black belt. Yeah, I, I say I knew I knew Nicholas Cage was certified out. <laughs> so here. it's like I want to see Jim Carrey and Nicholas Cage roll. Bro, now. that's just and like what is the level of like is there blue belt like I don't know like it just like would a, would Jim Carrey be a tough role? You know what I mean? Like I mean. He's lanky. I know. It's crazy. Uh, the last one I have for you, uh, it's it's just one of those. I wanted to have a fun one. We have Demi Lovato and Willie Nelson. Oh, I know Demi Lovato's. A, wait, I think she might be a higher than a blue belt. Last I knew she was. A, I'll say Demi Lovato. Okay, you're right. Okay. She is a blue belt. Willie Nelson doesn't do jujitsu, but he is a black belt in taekwondo, I found out. Oh, I could see that. Which same to, way Elvis Presley was. Just to imagine him with like a headband on, just doing spin <laughs> kicks in a dojo. Uh, so that's the celebrities. That's awesome. I'm glad I was able to catch you off yeah, guard, dude. Because I was thinking like, because like obviously you know I know like Jonah Hill trains, but yeah. he's a white belt. Um, I think Millie Bobby Brown, who plays yeah. Eleven in a. Uh, um, uh, Stranger Things, she trains. But well, she was one that I could only find like she was a whatever at eight years old, but I don't know what she I is now. I think she's kind of a higher than I think she's higher than a blue. Um, I want to say she's pretty up there. I didn't want to say certain people like Joey Diaz or yeah, like Russell Brand. I think people kind of caught yeah. on to him a little bit. Jason Stateman, he's a purple belt. I didn't know that. Um, there's a couple other ones, but and then uh, that Harry or Henry Civil is the one who plays Spider or Superman. Okay, yeah, he's. He trains, but they don't. They didn't put like a. I couldn't belt. find a belt. Sure. Jason Momoa trains. I could. I seen him in a white belt, but I didn't know. Yeah. What he was, but I thought that was interesting. And that is interesting. So now we go to fighters. Um, this one was a lot harder because, you know, certain fighters don't necessarily train jujitsu as far as to belt. They do it right. as part of their MMA training. So, we'll start with Stipe and Brock Lesnar. Whoa. I, I'm going to venture to say there is no way Brock Lesnar has ever gotten a belt, so I'm going to say Steve Hayes the blue belt. Wrong. What? According to Wikipedia, Somebody's trolling. Brock Lesnar is a blue belt, <laughs> and Steve Apiochik is a white belt because he doesn't, he's not belted. Like, he doesn't do... Oh, somebody's troll. Not not saying that that's not right. true, but whoever gave Brock Lesnar that blue belt. I'm, here's the thing, though. He puts on a gi once. Oh, dude. I mean, yeah. He's probably like... It's kind of like, you know, we talk about wrestlers. When they get in jiu-jitsu, you put on a gi, you're probably almost all to, you're oh, getting dude. three stripes off I mean, belt. he could probably go win a lot of, you know, probably purple brown belt stuff. Mm-hmm. Just being as massive and wrestling heavy. I just thought it was... I didn't think about Stipe, obviously, just being a wrestler, but no. then not worrying about... Yeah, because you know, I was like, I there's no way... I couldn't jiu-jitsu. see him putting a gi on, but I definitely couldn't see Brock. Uh, it's interesting. We got Mike Perry and Dominique Reyes. Okay. Who's the blue? Ooh, this is tough because I, I just saw Perry compete in a gi actually at a tournament recently, but I feel like he was a purple belt. I'm pretty sure, so I'll go with Cruz or uh, Reyes. You're right. Okay. Reyes is a blue belt. Mike Perry is a purple belt. Yeah, okay, because I said I, I thought I just, and I only know knew that because I just saw a video of him at a, Jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. and he was actually competed in the gi. 
Oh yeah, I, I remember. I do remember seeing that. And what makes fighters so difficult too is, you know, our gym is one of them, but a lot of gyms will promote you on competing and taking yeah. fights and doing sure. jujitsu. So a lot of these guys belt up so quick. They're either oh. white belts or they're brown belts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. The next one I have for you is Justin Gaethje and Peter Yan. Ooh. Who's the blue? Man. So based based off of what everybody says about Justin Gaethje, I'm going to say there is no way he's a blue belt only because I there's I just don't think he I'm going to say Peter Yan. You're right. Uh Gaethje's basically quoted in saying or his Jim is basically quoted in saying, we don't train off his back because he doesn't get there. Yeah, I was going to say, his, his philosophies and the stuff I've heard him say, because I think I remember uh, it was uh, his coach, uh, Whitman, and maybe it was on the Joe Rogan uh, interview, had said, like, we can't get this guy to do anything but spar. And, mm-hmm. Like, he just refused, you know. Which, I mean, maybe if you had a young... <laughs> yeah, time. yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt. But So, Peter Yan, the blue belt, blue belt. Though, that's interesting. This next one is, I feel like is a pretty good toss-up. Drew Dober and Eddie Wineland. Whoa. That is a tough one. I feel like, shout out to Eddie Wineland. Right. Indiana legend. Um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say based off of time in, I would feel like Eddie Wineland has to be like a black belt. So I'll say Drew Dober. Wrong. Really? Drew Dober's a brown belt and Eddie Wineland's a blue belt. No kidding. Yeah. I would never expect that. No, that one, that's why... Here's the thing. That's, that's got to be one of those where, like, Eddie was just, like, training, got his blue belt, and then got into MMA and never trained. Right, never put on a gi yeah. again. And this last one um, is just fun. Uh, Francis and Ganu and Habib. Whoa. Man. I would, Habib's got to be the blue belt. Well, oh, no, a, he's got a black belt. Wait. I don't even know. It was a trick question. Habib is a white belt because he's never done jujitsu. Okay. And Francis is a brown belt. Oh, God. Get out of here. Well, okay. Try, roll with him if you yeah, want to. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's funny because when I said Habib, and then it hit me, I remember seeing <laughs> There's like a picture of him. It's like a meme, and he's got like a gi on, and the belt is like tied like. Oh, yeah. Typical day one white belt. Like, it's horrible. Like nope. that shirt that says, if Sambo was so easy, oh, it'd be dude, called jujitsu. Yeah, and- it's hilarious, dude. But, yeah, go look it up. He's like doesn't know how to tie his belt at yeah, all. Yeah, that one was just more for fun. But Gaethje and Habib were kind of in that same, Yeah, you know, they don't necessarily train it. But like I said, it was so hard, man, because, you know, you have fighters who don't yeah. train it at all. Or they're like white belts or brown or black. Right. Yeah. Or they you know, like <laughs> recently got it. So, like, I found Jan and Wineland at the end. Like, I was just, like, digging yeah. deep. And you can't go Derek Lewis because nobody goes harder for his blue belt Bruh, than man. puts it out there. I think John Jones is a blue belt. He might be a purple now. He's a purple now. Is or he? else I would have. Well, I wouldn't have put him in because you would have known more of that. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that's who's the blue, man. I feel like we we definitely put you guys on to some, some stuff, especially on the celebrity side. Celebrity, man. I didn't, like I said, like, I always get hype when I hear or see celebrities training just because mm-hmm. i think jujitsu is awesome uh but man some of those people i didn't even know they trained well then there's guys who like train it but i couldn't like i wanted to find it like ice t does boxing and jujitsu oh my god and i cannot find if he was belted or not <laughs> wesley snipes he's like a fifth oh, degree in like a bunch ev- of different everything but he trains jujitsu as well but i didn't i couldn't find yeah. like him that's and then, awesome and then even like some fighters like i said a lot of people just they don't have anything on them yeah. So it's hard to tell. So that's fun. Well, before we get out of here, anything for the people before we go? Oh, song of the week. Ooh, 
Would it be this would have been Brandon's week, wouldn't it? Oh, geez. It yeah, because I took Mini Men last week. Oh my gosh. Um Oh man, what do I want to do? I didn't even prepare for this. Uh go ahead and give your one for the people. I mean, you could just put the song you played at the beginning if you want. You want to do okay, I'm blue. Yeah, yeah why not? Because I'm, yeah. I'm I am blue. Eiffel Actually, 65. now we're all blue. Yeah, Eiffel 65. Yeah, we are. We're three, the, the three blues. Lay blues. Yeah, that's my thing. Let's, Stay blue, baby. Let's do it. All right, yeah. Eiffel 65. I'm blue. Dabadee, dabadai. That's our song. Turn it up, too. Turn it up, too. Uh, Before we go, John, anything for the people? Just stay blue, baby. Stay blue. If it ain't blue, it ain't true. Uh, My one for the people is get ready for the the mat talk. Oh, yeah. We're one week away. Trying to get video and stuff going, man. Just yes, yeah, we got we're getting there. The video's getting there. It's a lot harder than we thought. A little bit, a little bit more challenging. Shout than out we to thought. Chase. Chase has been helping us. We're gonna get there. You guys have a good week. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you next Monday. Peace. Peace. Drink your water. Love your mom. <laughs> <laughs>